Welcome to the Low Carbon Business Podcast, the home of future thinking enterprise. For the innovators, the dreamers, the grafters, the progressive entrepreneurs, business is changing. It's taking more responsibility for its impact on the environment. With smaller firms being a creative wellspring for this shift, more and more SMEs are showing that being green is good for business, as well as doing good for the planet. We discuss global challenges from a local perspective, explore green technologies, new business models and sustainable supply chains. Tune in for useful tips, insight and information about how to improve your bottom line whilst making a positive impact on the planet. Let's jump in. You're only as strong as your weakest link and you're only as sustainable as your least sustainable supplier. What protocols or governance do you have to make sure your whole supply chain carries the same values as you do? In this roundtable episode, our guests are Phil Mason from Tidyco, Sarah Ball from Balls to Marketing, Liz Pasture from Derby City Council, Ian Bates from East Midlands Chamber, and Bruno Galotta from the University of Derby led by Fred Patterson from the University of Derby. Just going back on the issue of supply chains. So often when we talk about supply chains, we're thinking about bigger companies influencing smaller companies to um, perform in certain certain ways. The question for me is, the, the question for me is how smaller companies may well be influencing back up those supply chains by their creativity and innovation and whether we're seeing examples of that in the businesses we're dealing with where small businesses are really trying to influence up and down their supply chain to reduce packaging, um, to, to change the, the, the requirements of larger companies on, on their smaller suppliers. I'm going to come to Bruno first because uh, I know that you've done a little bit of work on supply, supply chain activity. Okay. Uh, yeah, in regards with supply chain... Uh, of course, that smaller companies, they play a, a very important role uh, in supply chains, uh, especially because uh, if we think about larger companies, most of their emissions, they are not going to be associated with the direct emissions from those companies, uh, but they would be more likely be related to the emissions uh, from the suppliers. So as a general rule, and again, it depends a lot from company to company, from sector to sector, but it's about 70 to 80% of a company's emission that is coming uh, from outside of their operations. Uh, and when I'm talking about outside of their operations, I'm talking about not only the suppliers, but also how you're, uh, you're arriving to your customer, you, how you're getting uh, the, your products used, uh, the end of life of your products. Uh, so there are a lot of elements associated with that. And as Fred was mentioning, uh, we have worked with companies in different ways uh, and rethinking about the ways that they were organizing their supply chains. And we had a case of a company that started reducing their packaging levels. Uh, so they got in contact with the suppliers and they said to them, is it possible to uh, remove the cardboard from uh, the products that we are supplying from you? 
And it was one email, it was a conversation, it was something easy, straightforward. And by doing that, they were able to save uh, a lot of the carbon emissions which were associated with packaging. And we tend to not think about packaging, uh, but it, it represents massive amounts of carbon. So, for instance, if we're talking about brewery uh, industry, about 20, 23% of the main emissions, they are associated with packaging. They're associated with the cardboard. They, they are associated with the things that are not good in beer, which is beer. Uh, but also... Uh, but of course, that also we have worked with uh, other companies as well, and there are there is one company in particular uh, that had a, a very interesting business model, uh, and was the idea behind this company was to pr to provide to the customers uh, deliveries without packaging overall. So they were doing groceries deliveries uh, to regular people uh, around specific region within Derby uh, without any plastic or any packaging at all. Uh, and we were helping them uh, to understand how to do this uh, transportation management, how to uh, organize the deliveries uh, and so on, how to supply from certified suppliers, uh, everything. So considering uh, the whole, all the elements within the supply chain uh, and in the end as part of this project, we were able to link them with another company that were part of the low carbon business network, uh, which provided uh, electric vans. So we had an agreement, they had an agreement, uh, and they were able to set up a contract where they would have all the deliveries with uh, electric vans. So overall, if we think about the, the emissions, uh, we were able to cut pretty much all of the emissions associated with their operations. So the only emissions that were associated with them was uh, the emissions associated with the products that they were supplying to the uh, to the customers, but that was minimal considering the whole organization. And with this specific company, uh, it was interesting to see that mo the main objective for them, so the main product that they were offering uh, those people was not actually the delivery service, was more about the sense of community, uh, of knowing that they are part of a community, that they are supplying from local people within the community, uh, that you're making your supply chain a bit more local, that you're making your suppliers more local, and that you're increasing that in a greener, in a better way. Perfect, thank you, Bruno. Um, I'll, I'll skip round. If, you, if you've got a good point to make, please please, please go with that. The, the, the changes in the supply chain. Yeah, I think um, we've got some really innovative businesses in our region and I think the way probably the larger businesses procure could be done differently. If you're looking at a solution-based procurement where you say, we want this solution, give me the greenest, cheapest, best way, whichever way you approach it, then let those... Because if you specify something, then people will deliver to that and then you're just basically repeating the same thing over and over again. If you say, well, actually, we're looking for a solution to this issue to supply this etc uh, and we're open to those who are the most environmentally friendly you'll find all these really innovative businesses who probably work with the university coming out of the woodwork saying actually we've been dying to get this this in to your business this particular new type of light there's a company in derby does a particular type of lighting which is probably even more efficient than led 
but nobody's asking for it because they don't know it's there. But if they say we're looking for lighting, which is most energy efficiency, up they step. So I think there's, there's definitely something, something there to, to consider. Yeah, brilliant. Liz? Yeah, just a couple of examples spring to mind for me was, um, you know, one of them was a, a, a glazing company that I was working with and they said, oh, well, they're not using nearly as much plastic packaging now, but that's because of the new plastic regs that have come in recently. And they said that that's actually coming from the, the customers that they send stuff on to, but they really welcome it themselves. So you know, it, there is a sort of supply chain thing going on, but there's also the legislation thing that's helping and and people want this, you know, so it's it, it's it's kind of, you know, fairly, a fairly positive thing. And then I had a, another business that I work with, they, they import clothing, I think from China, and they asked for everything to be delivered, even T-shirts and stuff, without any plastic. And they said that it's worked really, really well, uh, they use, I think they tie the labels on with recycled string and they have no plastic and they said they hadn't had any issue. You know, people will say, oh, we have to wrap it in plastic because otherwise it'll get scuffed or it'll get damp or, but they haven't really had any issues. Uh, and, and, and that's a positive, I mean, that, that's not really a supply chain thing, but actually the end user, the, the people who purchase those products will see that there's no plastic packaging. And of course that has an influence as well. We've certainly seen um, companies who've had exactly that, that issue about we don't want plastic, we don't think the, the suppliers are going to like it, and sometimes they'll, they'll meet inertia to start with, but just the act of asking and saying, our customers are saying, can we have this without uh, packaging? We don't want the cost of dealing with the waste at our point. Can we make this change? And whilst it might not be straight away, those changes are evident and we see in some of those supply chains, the very big producers in different parts of the world even are beginning to recognise that actually there's a cost saving for them right at the beginning of that supply chain because if we don't need to pay for the plastic to go around this stuff because the people don't want it, that's a cost saving. Brilliant. Um, any supply chain innovations that, uh, that you would like to mention, Sarah or Phil? I think ours is possibly a little bit older now but um, Andy uh, my partner the other joint MD in the business he he was part of the um, organisation or the government uh, group that put the window energy ratings in place and I think that what you can see is I know that was a long time ago now but you can see that actually changing the legislation at that point has meant that we've been able to up and up and up the performance of glazing to a position where glazing is no longer seen as a weak point in a building whereas 20 years ago, it really was seen as a weak point in a building. Um, I think that that's been a, a, a brilliant change. Um, what it's meant from a supply chain perspective is that everybody has had to up their game. Everybody's had to look at the end goal. Um, what we get frustrated at is the government doesn't put the, the legislation in place quick enough um, it keeps watering it down. So the houses that are being built and so many new houses are being built only to standard, not above standard. I mean, these standards are not there just to cling on by your fingernails. They are there to beat. And the majority of, of bigger builders still aren't doing anything other than just meeting those, those 
building regulations um, and we would welcome from a personal point of view I mean when we built our house we exceeded the majority of building regulations um, and you get a better performing house so from a supply chain point of view I think there's there's spaces in everybody to to squeeze to, to become better there's an overarching point there about momentum um, and whilst in some senses this country is great because we have climate legislation in the in the climate act what we're seeing is that the impetus for change is actually coming from consumers customers businesses themselves and that um, we really can't wait for government in, the, in both sense of the word. So we can't wait for the government really to get on and do things. But also we haven't got the time for the government to wait. So there's something there about creating the movement ourselves by getting on, as Phil said earlier, um, there's something about getting on and doing it because it's the right thing to do. Um, and we're seeing lots and lots of examples of those, of those things. Um, so, Phil, supply so, chain. Tideco recently got the ISO 14001, which it can be challenging um, as, a, as a business. The auditor said it was probably the only businesses being in which did so, did so much but wrote so little. And it's normally the other way around, where they write so much and do so little. So it, it, I, I literally had to employ a quality manager to do the bit I don't like doing, which is the writing and stuff like that. And as part of that, they did ask what we did for our, uh, to ensure our suppliers are compliant. And the honest answer, nothing. We don't do anything. So what we did then was I managed to persuade my MD, who is the IT guru of Tidyco, to come up with an automated portal. So now our automated portal looks at every supplier that we have live, i.e. we've used them in the last two years, it automatically sends them over a questionnaire. The first question is, are you ISO 14001 rated? If they say no, they have to fill out questions. And it's going to be asking them about their packaging, their environmental credentials, which if we did this thing that we've talked about to make local companies, we could say to them, has the council signed you off as an environment? And that's enough because you've done all that work. So that, that started, and I'm not going to tell you it's all perfect. It's not. The big companies are the ones that are hard to change. You go to a multi-billion pound company and say, oh, by the way, can you change your packaging? You'll be 10 years trying to find out who's responsible for it. The big companies are the worst ones, and they're the hardest to change. But rather than just try and beat them with a stick and try and find that person, what we're going to do is start with the smaller companies. Start with the companies we know. Try and source local more and more local we always start when we're going to source something new can we buy it in derby if you can't buy in derby can we buy in the midlands make your supply chain easier the good suppliers encourage them to supply more of the stuff you buy and and just keep working on it it's an ongoing project which i am absolutely convinced we can do as far as the packaging it's again i think when 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 i listen to you bruno you're always talking about the air quality or measuring stuff and I, i'm just thinking 10 years 12 years ago who, who's going to do all this stuff because all the things you talk about whose job is that there is no you know people talk about tidico and say oh who, who's your environmental manager well we haven't got one i haven't got an environmental manager we all do it so i think just thinking about what you were saying and, and listening today it's really, I think, what I'm going to go back with more is to say, 
everyone in the business has got to share more not not just ideas but literally say who is going to measure the packaging who who in my stores now is going to say i have six recycling bins for cardboard what about seeing if we can get it down to four it's an easy measure and you know and i think we can do that and say to somebody in my stores that's what you've got to do get that recycling down to to four bins instead of six if we can reduce this recycling bins which originally everyone thought was great we recycle well now we're going to that next level is let's not even recycle it because we're going to reuse it i think it's probably your circular economy thing coming out i didn't want to say the word but <laughs> it's uh, it's that sort of thing so i think i'm coming from today is going to go back there with a renewed energy to say i need to share some of this work more with these people and change the people that i can change my suppliers and make them want to supply me because we encourage the best suppliers and the best environmental suppliers to supply tidyco and there's a, a real message in there also, Phil, around the environment and our responsibility for the environment being part of everyone's job. So if you're a store manager or if you're the transport uh, manager or if you're the, the person who's driving the van, all of us have a certain responsibility. And it's that, that sense of it being stitched into our, our whole mindset as, as people who work in businesses and, and as citizens. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Low Carbon Business Podcast is brought to you by the University of Derby. Thank you to all our partners. The show is produced by Seed. Audio by Guru Music. Please remember to like and subscribe and leave a review on the platform you're listening to this on. To get in touch, contact us using the links in the show notes. We'd love to hear about your business, project or idea. Save money, protect the environment and re-energise your business. This is the Low Carbon Business Podcast.